Hi, welcome to another episode of True Wisdom. This is one of your hosts, Robert, and I'm here with Andrew as we get deeper into Bible study and Bible topics. Uh, and Andrew, what is the key to true wisdom? The key to true wisdom can be found in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. And it says this, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Excellent. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. Excellent, excellent. And so we've been doing some talking from the previous few episodes, uh, but you mentioned uh, getting back into really uh, what Bible study is. So we've given some examples of how you can apply what we're learning, but now you want to go back to do some more of the topics on how best to learn. So what did you want to speak about today? Yeah, so we're going to look at one of the key principles today, um, and it's just, just one principle. The Bible is its own interpreter. So the Bible is its own t- interpreter. And so before we begin, we always start with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this privilege that we have to uh, study a word. We ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and understanding and help us to rightly divide your word of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the Bible is its own interpreter. What, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that if all you had was a Bible, if all you possessed was a Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, everything you needed to understand, everything that's found in that book through the power of the Holy Spirit is contained in there. Every definition, every example, everything that's needed to figure out how to understand a passage is found somewhere else in that same Bible. Okay. And so now how would you go about, if you're new to Bible study, I mean, it's a pretty... A large book, and in some ways, it's pretty intimidating, especially if you're around people who can expound greatly on the word of the Bible, and you're just new to it. You know, what's to keep you from getting discouraged as you look through and try to determine what's truth and how do you find the truth and and how do you pull these gems from it? Well, overall, I mean that that's what we're trying to do over the course of. Um, all of these episodes, we're trying to show how these principles, which are not every principle, I don't take that as the final and authoritative set of principles of Bible study. These are some key principles that exist, and they are supported by the Bible, but there are other things that you will learn. The Bible is an extensive book, and God has much more stuff to show us from there. But you start in the beginning. You start where you are. You apply things as you understand them. And you grow from there. Excellent, excellent. So let's let's dig deeper in some of these. <laughs> let's dig deeper into some of these examples. Okay, so um, let me just reiterate what the what you know everything that means that the Bible is its own interpreter contained in the notes that we have, and then we're going to get into a particular story, right? <clears throat> the Bible. Is its own interpreter, and that means that the key to understanding any given passage in Scripture is to be found in some other passage. 
the meaning or definition or the precept is to be found somewhere in the pages of the Bible itself. And it helps if you start at the beginning. Um, you can use concordances. You can use commentaries. We're not saying that you can't use those things, but you are not obligated to use those things in order to get the most from the Bible. The Bible contains all of the information needed to decode symbols, messages, and instructions because that's how God intended it to be, right? Um, so let's use a story. Let's, in Exodus chapter 16, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 16, and we're just going to look at um, a few verses there. Exodus chapter 16. All right. I'm we'll start at verse, okay, we'll start at verse 15. The background for this is manna. Right. If you start at verse 11, you'll see that the background for this is manna. But we're going to focus on 15, 16, 17, and 18. And, um, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So let me, let me know when you're ready to read it. All right. I'm ready. Uh, Exodus 16, verse 15. And as usual, we read from the King James Bible. But um, you may be able to get uh, use any version, at least in the beginning. And when the children of Israel saw it... They said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And wist, of course, is they knew not, or they could not determine what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Verse 16. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating. One, excuse me, an omer for every man, according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. Awesome. Awesome. Two last verses, very important. So they get an instruction. Every man is going to get an omer. This is an instruction from God. Every man is going to get an omer. For the purpose of this exercise, you don't even need to know what an omer is. That's also defined in the Bible. You will find it. But for the purpose of this exercise, it can be any unit of measure. The key point is, God says, everyone is getting this one unit of measure. And obviously, if you have 10 people in your house, you get 10x. And if you have four, you get four X. What do verses 17 and 18 mean to you? I'll read them again, just for emphasis. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more and some less. And when they did meet or measure it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. What do you understand by those two verses? And I have to admit, they they seem a bit odd to me. Because if they, mm-hmm. if the Bible says, and the children of Israel did so. So that's mm-hmm. pre- going to the preceding verse, verse 16, where it says the Lord commanded mm-hmm. them to gather, according to his eating, an omer for every man, according to the number mm-hmm. of persons. So mm-hmm. I would have to say, if the Bible says they did so, means they did what they were told to do. So when it says, and gathered some more and some less, I am taking that to mean that those who had six 
people in their tent may have gathered more than those who had three people in their tent. But then that doesn't really jive with verse 18. Because mm-hmm. it says, He that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered mm-hmm. little had no lack. So that means that they didn't perfectly gather an omer, but the Lord mm-hmm. made it so that each person gathered an omer. Okay. That's an interesting passage. Your, your response is a typical response. Right? Most people, when they reason it out, they look at the three verses and they say, that's what it seems like, right? right, right. That that's a, that's the it looks like you know they were told to, to get an omer and they made some attempt to do that and no matter how feeble or excited or efficient they were, God made sure it was even. That's what and I thought. It's a, right. It's it's a reasonable response, but if you think from a principle standpoint, there's no other place in the Bible where that happens, where God says, listen, put in whatever effort you're going to put in, and I'll just make it all even at the end. Right, and that, I have to, that's my confusion. Right, right. Okay. So, if you go, continue through Exodus, this is this ends the discussion of manna. You're not getting, I mean, there's some more about manna in terms of people holding over. The, the story of manna is broader than this. This portion of manna, in terms of how much they were supposed to get, there's no more discussion on that. No more in the Old Testament. Not going to find anything. But now I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Right. All right. Now in verses 1 through 15, Paul is providing this principle about generosity and support and help. Um, in some Bibles, it will it will say that um, it'll give you a little title and it will say something about encouragement to give generously, right? But we're not going to start at verse one. That is, that is the, the premise. You can read it and we encourage you to read it from verse one, but we're, we're emphasizing Exodus 16 verses 15 through 18 with special emphasis on 17 and 18. And now we're going to start at verse 10. We're going to start at verse 10 in Second Corinthians chapter 8. Okay, and it, it's just it's, it's a little bit to understand what's going on. We don't really need verse ten, but we need context here. Don't just want to pull a line. Okay, verse ten. Start from verse. All 10. right, all right. Verse ten says, "And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it." that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if they be a first, excuse me, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I okay, mean, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so we um, kind of discuss this little piece here. He's about to give them some advice about generosity, and he's, and he's telling them, listen, I'm asking you to be generous. I'm giving you some advice here, and, and, and it's important for you. You guys have shown a willingness to do stuff, but now you need to do, right? And so you're going to apply your willingness. You're going you know, to do according to your willingness. And he says something important here. I want it to be clear. I want you to understand that you will only be judged, rated, evaluated, 
you, God is only looking at you in terms of what you have, right? So if you're generous, if you only have $10, you're not expected to give $100. It's not possible. You're not going to be looked down on because you couldn't give $100. If you're generous, your generosity is limited to what you actually possess and not what someone else possesses or what you could have. You're not going to be compared. If there are two generous people, one guy with $1,000, one guy with $100, you're not going to be looked at as less generous because your quantity is less. Okay? So you're generous, but he's saying, I'm trying to get you to the place where you do according to your will, you apply your will to actually accomplishing, and that you understand that you're being evaluated on your capacity, not someone else's. All right, got it. 13 got it. now. Mm-hmm. For I mean, not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, and their abundance may also be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Mm-hmm. As it is written, he that hath gathered much had nothing over, and he that hath gathered little had no lack. Hmm. Mm. So he says, listen, I'm giving you some advice. And here's the advice I've outlined for you. And here's what I'm basing my advice on. This biblical principle. And he quotes Exodus 16, 18. So now, given how the Apostle Paul has just used this passage and the whole lead up to it, how should we look at Exodus 16, verse 18 now? It seems more that there was a sharing that they were practicing <laughs> they were practicing being generous with once they mm-hmm. measured out the omer, they passed on the excess to someone else. And so if someone didn't have enough, he was able to get from the other person's omer and make his full. Um so lutely because uh-huh. what is a principle what is a principle of the manna there's a principle of the manna if you read all the, the story of the manna both in exodus and in numbers there's a principle of the manna what would have necessitated this sharing well the fact that there would be no holdover that's one thing that it would that's not, one it would not last the day but i'm struggling for that's another one. I'll, I'll give you a hint from this passage. Mm-hmm. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. That's Exodus 16, 14. Mm-hmm. What was it about the manna that told somewhere that would have necessitated this sharing if people were at different levels of efficiency in collecting it? Well, it was only on the ground for a short period of time. It was only on the ground for a while. It would melt. Hmm. It would melt. So now, 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 when Solomon talks about there's nothing new under the sun, now, 2 Corinthians 8, 15 gives us a key to rightfully understand Exodus 16, 18, and it also helps us understand Acts 1 and 2. What was it that inspired the generosity of the brand new church where the people who had excess sold what they had and brought the overage to the apostles to distribute. Mm. This was so it was that, this principle. Right. And no one had want for anything. 
was this principle? It's one of those, that's one of those aspects that we talk about a lot that we mm-hmm. do not put into practice. And, we, and part of the reason we don't put into practice, in all fairness, right, is that we don't understand what, what, how the principle came about. Right. Or what the prin- underlying principle is. And in fact, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the verse that really explains what our concern is. Verse 13, right? 13 and 14. He says, for I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened. Paul is saying, listen, I'm not telling you guys to constantly sacrifice and give to other people and other people are just going to sit there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm giving you this instruction now because in your surplus, you will help them. You can supply for others. And in their surplus, they will help you. Right. If we come into this, every time we look, we're always worried. Someone else is going to get our stuff. Right? Here I am sacrificing. Other people are just going to be sitting out easy. And we see it in today's society when people talk about socialism. What's their underlying complaint? A bunch of people are going to benefit from my hard work. Right. Where? Right? mm, mm. No, go on. Whereas God is saying, all the stuff is mine. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof. The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Right? All the gold is mine. And I'm dispensing some of it to you. I need you to get proficient in managing it. And I need you to be on the lookout for people who need some stuff. And if you're able to help them, help them right. on an individual basis. You're not compelled. You're not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, it's not a redistribution system. It's none of that. But, it's but the sharing. idea is if you, it's sharing. And if you can do it, do it. Because some days you will be on top and other days you might not. Exactly. And, and, and you know, when that happens, you don't want everyone to be thinking the way you had been thinking. So it's a biblical principle of stewardship when you understand you don't own anything. Right. <laughs> You're just managing it. Right, that's it. It's yours to take care of for the meantime. If you share it, the Lord will grow it. If you don't share it, Absolutely. when you need, you will find you have no one to help you. Absolutely. Mm. Right? And um, there's, a, there's a proverb, I don't, I can't, I will butcher it if I try to say it right now. Um, more than is meat. I remember that as part of the thing. More than is meat. I like technology sometimes. Here we go. Proverbs eleven twenty four. There is the scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. Mm. Right. So here, here, here's a proverb that's connected to our our. Our thing here is reinforcing it. It's like, hey, there's, there's a guy, there's a process, there's a scenario where someone is forever giving. And yet, things keep going. And there is someone who keeps hanging on more than his meat. More than his meat. It's, God is not saying you must dispense all your goods to the poor every, every second of the day. But there is someone who is hoarding, which is more than just managing carefully and, and being judicious. There is that is withholding, that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth the direction, the trajectory is poverty. Yep. So excellent. Trajectory is poverty. Excellent example. So uh, we have such limited time now. Do you have another example we could use? <laughs> um, well, so let's use an example, another example of this specific process. 
Or or do you want to elaborate? I mean, this is led in another place. The rich young ruler, by the way, is a good example of this, right? Christ said to him, go sell all you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. He would not scatter. He held it more than was me. So he was violating an instruction. And guess what happened? He's broke now because he's dead. And when he resurrects, it's not it's not the good resurrection. Right. It's not it's not the I'll get everything on the second right. pass. Yeah, yeah. And not there the was a there was a parable that the Lord also spoke about this. About the the barn builder. The gentleman who had oh, yes. all yes. all in his barn and instead of Shana, he had excess. It was obvious he had excess. Yes. But he was going to spend right. his money building to have more excess instead of sharing. And then what happened? He was passing away that night. He would perish that but night. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Luke chapter 12. You know, not to drag this out, uh, because the, the mm-hmm. truth is really about how the Bible um reinforces itself and as you said is its own road uh, roadway it's its own interpreter interpreter. that the idea socialism is such a terrible word but in truth it just means helping your neighbor that's really all it means helping your neighbor sharing your excess your excess and there are times when we have excess food we may have excess gas. We may have excess time. It's not just about money. And right. this is about sharing. But once again, we're right. talking more about the, the entire principle of... of uh, now, one thing... Uh, mm-hmm. And how did you find this? How, how would you find that this verse is used in, a, in multiple <laughs> places? Because, as I said, someone coming new to the Bible may not even know what to search for. They search for a phrase, a word. How would they find this interpretation? Okay, good. Glad you asked. Even though I wasn't thinking about that before, it is an important question. Now, one of the things I've emphasized, and we have emphasized, is we do a lot of this study out of the the King James Version. And we can say a lot of things on it, but one of the things I'm going to say that's very practical is that most times the phraseology is the same in both the Old and the New Testament or in multiple parts of the Bible. Very, very similar, very consistent. You come to this thing and you're not sure how to interpret it and you, and you look for gathered, right? So I'm going to do gathered into Esword right now. And, well, that was big. There's 255 verses with gathered. Um, how about gathered much? Looking for all of those words. Well, there are only 12 verses that gathered much, right? 12 verses, 28 matches, but there are only 12 verses. In those 12 verses, the Exodus one is the second verse, and the Corinthian, second Corinthians one is the last verse of those 12. So in gathered much, I can see, just on that search, gathered much, right? Because I'm, lo- I'm looking for a key word. Um, and if I put gathered much little, let's see, that might shrink it. Indeed, if you if you do those three words, gathered much little, I get three verses. 
one of which is a story about Jehu, which we could get into at another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get those three. You get Exodus 16, 18, and you get 2 Corinthians 8, 15. When you're searching um, in the Bible, look for a word that is going to be reasonably uncommon or, or, or it seems really pivotal to the thing that you're trying to understand. Search for that word by itself. If you get too many hits, Search for, you know, add another word in that, in that mix. Um, try and pick a uniqueish word. Be careful because sometimes it'll be used in one, you know, they could have done gathereth in one place and gather. But if you do gather, gather little much, similar results you will receive. That's how you start because you're just using the words. And that's what a concordance does for you. Right? Right, a concordance right. says, hey, gathered, where does that show up? And it'll tell you all the verses where it shows up. Right? And if you do strong concordance, you can even see if the underlying Hebrew or Greek word was identical. Right? Um, it's tricky when you're doing Hebrew across the Greek, uh, because obviously it's not going to be the same word. One is going to be a Hebrew and one is Greek. Um, what I normally do when I care about trying to measure it across is I look at the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And then I can see if the Greek word used in the Septuagint for the Hebrew word is identical to the Greek word used in the New Testament. Mm. Um, that's a, so that's an extra step when you, want to, when you want to get there. But the English phraseology can be used, and in the King James it's very easy because the consistency across the different verses is significant. In some other translations, you will not get that. It's not going to be easy. They'll do different words, and you're not going to be as um, successful with that. Excellent, excellent. Well, guess what? <laughs> we have come to the end of another episode, um, and we continue to pray that you've gotten something from this, because we do. Believe it or not, we do. This is not oh, yeah. rehearsed. This is, we're learning as we go. And I thank God for this opportunity to to do this. So, and we pray that you get something from it. And we will be more than happy to hear from you. Uh, you can send us an email at truewisdom at spaceage-llc.com. Truewisdom at spaceage-llc.com and we'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. And uh, Andrew, we're going to go ahead and close with a prayer. Um, I'll go ahead and pray. Okay. Dear Lord, we thank you for this lesson, uh, for helping us see how the wisdom that you've put in the Bible that will help us find the other meaning behind text that with just a little bit of effort, with a little bit of Bible study, we can draw the conclusions that you have put in there for us. We ask you to continue to be with us and bless us, be with this podcast, help it to help someone else come to know you better and enrich their lives. Amen. 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 So thank you all once again, and we hope that you will connect with us and you will get something from this. Thank you. And have a wonderful week.